My name is Hunter Forbes, and you're listening to Pro Cross Talk. Hans Reimer. Snyder with scores! Now it's Brock Cadell scores! Hands off for Rabel, switches hands and scores! Kylie Miller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson! Welcome to Season 2 of the Pro Lacrosse Talk Podcast, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, and together we're bringing you interviews from all your favorite players and coaches, as well as news and analysis from all four professional lacrosse leagues. Welcome to another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. We're here with Hunter Forbes, former face-off specialist with Jacksonville University, now on the PLL's Chrome Lacrosse Club. Hunter, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? Doing well, Hunter and Adam. Thanks for having me. Of course, it's exciting to kind of talk to a new member of the Chrome. This is your first experience actually in the pros. We're going to get to that a little bit later, though. We kind of want to first start off when you first picked up a stick, when you first started facing off. Uh, you grew up in you know, a growing hotbed for the sport in Georgia. So when did you first get introduced to the sport of lacrosse? Yeah, so I was uh, first introduced. My brother actually played back in high school. I have a 29-turning third-year-old brother. Um, he played uh, when we lived in Omaha, Nebraska, way out in the Midwest, not not even really a growing hotbed out there, but uh, he played it way back when. And so I, I would, you know, go to his games, and I, I was more interested in, like, playing under the bleachers and playing ball ball than watching. I was a bad brother. <laughs> but really officially playing lacrosse, it wasn't until we moved to Georgia. Um, I wasn't really playing any sports. My parents kind of gave me the choice between finding a sport or they're going to make me join the swim team. Um I'm not a big guy. I definitely don't have that swimmer's body or physique. So um, when my best friend, Duncan Morris, at the time, um, he told me, hey, come come pick up this cross stick, play, uh, play with me and some of my buddies. I went with him, had a great time. And then we joined uh, the same like rec league middle school. Like eight, I think eighth, it was eighth grade. We joined the same little rec league and then haven't looked back since. Now that's awesome. And when did you kind of, you know, gravitate towards the faceoff position? Um you know, where was that kind of early on or did it maybe come in high school? You kind of figured that was like your best spot on the field mm-hmm. or when did that kind of come about? Yeah, um, I think it was kind of like going at the later part of that first season, uh, going into my freshman year of high school. I had a, I had a coach at the time who said, I like given your build and um, I think you'd be good at it. <laughs> Frankly, I, you know, he's pretty much just saying I'm a short guy, but <laughs> um, luckily I had a really couple good, uh, teachers and Pat Baldwin played up in Cortland State or yeah Cortland State and then uh, Justin Evans later on in my high school career who played Mercer but they were really influential on me and huge huge just uh, roles in in me developing as a face-off guy uh, you know I went to uh, Woodstock High School here in North Georgia loved playing there I had an absolute blast I wasn't just a face-off guy there mm-hmm. however I was I was an offensive midi uh, kind of just trying to play as much as I could because I love the sport so much um but it really developed more face-off wise you know I faced off my freshman year form just as a face-off guy and then kind of developed as a lacrosse player alongside that throughout my high school career um and then when you start looking at colleges yeah I started really specializing realizing for like club lacrosse competitive lacrosse face-offs were probably my best way to get noticed so junior year senior year is when I really you know kind of focused in on it Nice. Well, you definitely did get noticed, right? You ended up at Jacksonville <laughs> with, with Coach Galloway. So what really uh, drew you down there and to, to play for the Finns? 
Um, so to be honest, they were the, they were the only division one program that was, uh, that I had any contact with. I was pretty late in the recruiting process. Uh, it was actually the old staff that, uh, I think I was seen at the Under Armour South tryouts. Um, they, I just got an email the next week. I like, couldn't believe it. Especially like, I never really, I thought about lacrosse to the next level a little bit, but until I got that email, it didn't really seem like, a um, you know, a realistic goal. So I went down to the campus. I mean, there's not much not to love at Jacksonville. Yeah. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. city. Um, the beaches, everything's awesome down there. Uh, so decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try and give my best. See how I see how I do at the division one level. No, that's great. And, you know, you, you had a phenomenal career there. I mean, you were, I think you crushed every SOCON uh, record down there pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you really made a name for yourself. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, Coach Galloway's influence. Um, you know, and you're now coaching with him at Jacksonville as well. Um, and now you're going to be teammates with him on the Chrome. Uh, how has he kind of helped you develop your during your career? And what excitement level, what's your excitement level to play with him? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's crazy. I don't, I don't even know if I could put in a good enough words to describe the effect he's, he's had on me and all the, my teammates I play with at JU. Uh, when he came in, you know, really turned the culture around in the program, um, really came in with like a laser focus on excellence. Like we weren't going to be okay with being mediocre. We weren't going to be okay with, uh, you know, not being the best we could be. And uh, he pushed that to, uh, to me too. I, I think I remember my first season um, with him, my junior year, I wasn't really even doing that great that season, but I, was, I had an attitude one day and I talked back to an assistant coach, one of, I think the GAs at the time, and he, he overheard and he, he, he let me have it. He sent me on a lap. It was pregame before I think Duke. And, you know, it, he, he put me in my place, which I deserve for sure. And, but it's just that kind of attitude of constantly pushing you to be best, the best you can be. Uh, that's really had the effect on me and my, my old teammates and now uh, the kids were coaching. That's awesome. So what you're, you're, you have a dream to be a head coach one day. Is that kind of what, what the, what the plan is for your future? Obviously a pro right now. What, what's, <laughs> yeah. what are you thinking after that? Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. So um, I actually just finished my I, – I was a volunteer two years ago when I was, I was working full-time in Jacksonville uh, at, a, at a different job. Loved it so much, missed it so much, most importantly. So I, I talked to Coach Galloway. He was uh, nice enough to let me come back for a, a GA year. So I ended up re-enrolling in, at JU into uh, one of the master's programs. Came in as a GA last year, unfortunately. You know, season cut short, which mm-hmm. really, really stinks for everybody. Um, but right now I'm actually back in Atlanta. So it's, okay. I, I, I'm, I go back and forth. It's really hard cause I love coaching so much, but I think at the time I might be step, taking a step away from coaching to pursue different careers. Mm-hmm. What that entails, I'm not completely sure. Um, but I, I had a dream for a long time to be a head coach one day, but you know, right now I'm kind of in a weird weird period where I don't really know. I don't really know. So I can't give you a concrete answer. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. You have, you have plenty of time to figure that out. And we'll talk uh, a little bit uh, more of kind of your coaching side with the face-off factory. But before mm-hmm. we kind of get to that, uh, you're going to have your first taste of the pro side of things with PLL Island. Uh, when did you get the call uh, to join the Chrome and what are your kind of expectations going into this shortened season? So I got the call or I got an email June fifteenth, the okay. morning of like the the uh, the waiver wire period, yeah. um, from Coach Suda, and uh, he he asked me to give give him a ring. I was freaking out, you know, for <laughs> like for the week leading up to it, just like 
constantly anxious, constantly bugging Coach, uh, Coach Galloway and um, Coach Cornelli, who was my face-off coach when I was there. He trained me for the, the month previous before, like, the waiver wire, and he kind of was trying to get out feelers for me, putting out the good, the good word, hopefully uh, hoping I could get picked up. And so I was, I'm sure, bugging them a ton about it. But I got – I ended up giving uh, Sudo a ring Monday morning, found out. It was pretty, pretty ecstatic. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's uh, pretty exciting. Absolutely. You know, for sure. And you're joining a, a Chrome team that, you know, underperformed last season, but they weren't bad by any stretch of the imagination. You know, they, uh, they, they kind of had their, their fourth quarter woes, you could say, but still a lot of talent on that team. A lot of new guys like yourself coming in, too. You know, you have, like, Jesse King – uh, Eli Salama, you know, a bunch of guys picked up in the waiver wire. So it's going to be a, a really, you know, a new look Chrome. Have you talked to any of your teammates? I mean, anybody like Connor Farrell specifically, who's going to be, you know, another fellow face-off guy, uh, you know, who are kind of some of the guys that you've talked to um, in preparation for this championship series? Yeah, Connor and I have been in touch as well as the coaches with Connor and I. Uh, we've had uh, Zoom calls with the team, just with Connor and I, with everybody. Um, I'd say that's a surprising, but very welcome surprise mm-hmm. that how close the team already is I mean we're having um we're having meetings you know business meetings talking about lacrosse mm-hmm. um but we're also having just talks outside of that I think we're having one tonight even where we're just going to hang out and you know get to know each other a little more and just kind of hang out yeah it's just going to be fun and I, I really enjoy that aspect of kind of like becoming a part of a team again you know that's I think I agree, speak for a lot of college athletes when they when they move on past their college years it's the lack of feeling like a part of a team that they miss the most and I'm really uh, fortunate to have the opportunity to go through that again no definitely yeah and kind of go going off of uh that with the PLL rules for uh the face-off what uh what are your thoughts on how how they kind of differ from the college and now speaking of the college rules are kind of up in the air too and changing you talked uh to Greg about that a little bit talk about your thoughts on these rules in the PLL yeah, so the the rules in the PLL, I think um, I think they actually play in my favor mm-hmm. uh, with my unique style of knee down neutral grip, just because of how I kind of punch into the ball. It's a different motion, so being further away from the ball, if it affects me less, I'd say I'd have an advantage at it, just a slight advantage at that a little more. Um, the wings being a little closer, you know, that's just going to require more. I think lax IQ more ready to be an athlete also not just a face-off specialist not just a clamp specialist but an actual athlete and be able to make decisions out there um but also I think the short and length of the field gives a lot of um opportunity for face-off men and their wings uh to to do some good things in transition um with regards to the, the college rules that you mentioned um where I assumed you were about to ask me how I felt about those yeah. that's um, my next question yep yeah um you know being a neutral grip guy, I'm like, oh, it's easy, you know, just yeah. do neutral grip, come on, stop playing, guys, but, no, you know, I, I re- definitely recognize people's frustration um, with the the quickness of it, I'd say, especially with the debate if there's even going to be a fall ball at all, um, it could be implemented before anyone's ever played it within a game, which is, which is scary to think about, especially if you're a coach or if you're a face-off guy, mm-hmm. but um, I think, hmm, I think the good one, I think the best face-off guys are st- still going to be the best face-off guys. I think, I think over the years you might see a more dynamic shift towards more athletic guys that can still react quick, but it's still going to be the guys with quick reaction, uh, the guys who want to practice the most, and the guys who kind of want to perfect the craft of the face-off. They're going to be the best. 
No, that's awesome. And that's, uh, you know, kind of encouraging to hear too, because, you know, it, it's kind of really, that's how you take your game to the next level is being able to adapt. Um, talk to us a little bit too about how you're helping that future generation of face-off guys. You work with face-off factory. Uh, talk to us about how you got started working with them and kind of, you know, where that's kind of taking your coaching a little bit as well. Yeah. Face-off factory has been awesome. Uh, Joe, Joe reached out to me shortly after I uh, graduated college. Um, asking if I'd be interested in helping out. I'd get, I've given lessons all throughout my college career. Mm-hmm. The age to I give lessons to gradually goes up as I age too. Uh, started out with just the little kids, and now I'm, you know, coaching uh, high school and even some college kids as well. But um, they've been great. They're really organized. They're really passionate about uh, making kids across the country better. And since I've joined them, uh, it's crazy how much has changed. I mean, when I first joined them, it was really located up in – you know, Mass, I'd say, where where Joe lives and some maybe other parts of the country, but now it's kind of spreading all along the East Coast and even places like Ohio or Chicago. Um, I think down Florida, where I was, it's growing. Um, but I'm really excited to kind of get – I'm hoping to get some lessons in Atlanta myself coming up after this PLL tournament, um, hopefully with a championship shirt I can wear, just to remind the kids that the Chrome are back. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Chrome back 2020. Uh, we're definitely mm-hmm. looking forward to it. And my final question too, before we move on to our five and five is uh, you mentioned a little bit talking to coach Sudan, what have your conversations with him been and how much has he kind of excited you for this upcoming championship series? Yeah. I mean, he's excited me a ton. Um, you know, he's had a relationship with a lot of players before coach Galloway uh, and some of those guys um, he's had that relationship with them before. So I've heard nothing but good things before meeting him and talking to him. But now that I've, had a chance to talk to myself. I can just confirm all those great things. He's mm-hmm. he's uh, very organized and he's very proactive about you know making sure we're prepared for what we're gonna do. But he's also he's also he knows how to you know he knows how to talk to the guys. Like a, a lot of the guys who are older than me, mm-hmm. they're still they're all adults, and he knows how to handle that dynamic of coaching coaches because we have a number of coaches on our team. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows like when to be boys, but he also knows when to kind of um, when to you know, run business like business and tell us how it is. He told Connor and I that he, he won't be afraid to yell at us, but um, he's also going to hang out with us too. It's just kind of a, a mix of encouragement and then leading. And I think he does it really well. Yeah. Now, when we talked to him uh, earlier this year, you know, he, he really mentioned how his, his coaching style quickly adapted to that because he, he said, you know, at first he kind of came from the approach, like he didn't really know if pros wanted to be coached and he realized like you guys do really want to be coached and you know having that open dialogue as you mentioned uh, is really important to him so we're certainly looking forward to him you know returning to the coaching ranks with the chrome um and with that though that kind of wraps up our main questions we're going to take a quick break here a word from our sponsor and then we'll dive into our five and five segment today i also want to talk to you about design tree on our design tree store we have several t-shirt designs like the pro lacrosse talk tee i'm wearing today our blast lacrosse shirt Cross's Medicine shirt, and many more designs on the way. Design Tree is also home to hundreds of other t-shirt designs in the realm of sports and pop culture. To help support the podcast, please consider checking out our Design Tree store at dsgntree.com backslash pro-lacrosse-talk and grab a shirt today. All right, so welcome back. Now let's dive into our five and five segment. I'll start off with the lacrosse questions. Uh, one of them that I really like to ask, particularly the goalies and the face-off men, are what are some pregame superstitions or routines that you have? Hmm. Pre-game superstition. I like to 
this is gonna sound real, real weird. I, I like like I have to like wash my hands before I go on the field. It sounds weird because they're gonna get dirty in my gloves anyway. But I like to wash my hands, kind of go out fresh, feeling clean. I don't know why it started, but I do that before every game. Perfect for quarantine. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> they're gonna want you to do that probably uh, now anyway. So you're you're one step ahead of the game. Uh, number two, who has been your toughest matchup at the X during your career? whether it be high school, college, I'm guessing it's a college player, but, you know, at any time throughout your career. Yeah, I'd say there's two answers to this one. One answer was my uh, – the first answer would be my junior year. I went against Jake Withers, who's actually going to be on the Water Dogs, yeah. as you know. Um, it was a really tough matchup because I thought I did really well in the clamp, but that was before I developed the rest of my game. And that's that game really opened my eyes to developing the rest of my game of being athletic off – um, after the clamp and making sure I could secure the ground ball. And, you know, he, he punished me for not being able to do that. And so I remember that matchup. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to a hopeful rematch with him. Um, but that's the first one. I'd say the second one would be Connor a tie between Connor Gaffney and um, Malilo, Zach Malilo from Marquette. Mm-hmm. They're both just really sound face-off guys, quick hands. Um, I'd say they gave me some of my best competition in college. No, those are some great names. We're especially looking forward to the Jake Withers, you know, another guy who's making his uh, PLL debut. So we're looking forward to you guys' matchup at the X for sure. And then number three, what is your current stick setup in terms of head, shaft, and stringing? Yeah, um, I'm currently using the dual two. Um, I found I used to use the CEO back in college. Mm-hmm. Then I kind of switched off after college. Um, I really like the string king as well, but um, – Going into this field tournament, I think the duel is going to be the best option for me. So I'm kind of getting used to those right now. It's on a STX. I think it's pronounced Saitai. It's S-C-T-I-X. Um, it's one of the lighter shafts you can find. Uh, and I really, I just, you know, in a matter of grams, it probably doesn't make a difference, but it's just that mental edge. I'm like, oh, I have a yeah. light shaft, so I'm going to be super fast. So I'm using that as well. There you go. Awesome. And then uh, number four, what has been your favorite moment during your career? Um, my senior year, we were down 10-6 in late in the third quarter against High Point in our SoCon semifinals, and we ended up coming back and winning overtime. Um, and that was definitely my favorite moment in my career. Awesome. And then finally, uh, number five, who has been a player or a coach that you've leaned on as a mentor? I'd say it's a tie between Coach Grinnelli and Coach Galloway. Um, different aspects like I lean on one for some things, I lean on the other for some things, and I think they just combine uh, to make just a really good mentor. And I I think uh, it just goes to show like what JU has between the two of them. And then Coach Libel can't leave him out. I mean, he definitely is a mentor as well. I just didn't uh, play under him for as much because he was their D coordinator. Awesome, that's great. All right, I'll take over for some of the off the field questions. So, number one, what are some hobbies or activities you enjoy doing? Uh, when you're not on the field? I like to golf. I'm no good at it. I tell everyone, I always, I have to tell them that right after I say golf because they're like, oh, let's go, let's go hit some balls sometime. I'm like, okay, but just warn you, I'm still not good, <laughs> uh, but I really enjoy golf. There's probably some good spots in, in Florida to go by Jacksonville. Uh, beautiful, beautiful yeah. courses. Awesome. Uh, kind of speaking of Jacksonville a little bit, what's your favorite spot to go uh, when you're back in Jacksonville? It could be a beach, could be uh, restaurant, really any, any spot with where you go? Um, it's mostly the beach, you know, a lot of upper, like when we were players, a lot of upperclassmen live at the beach. Um, and now alumni, uh, JU actually has a lot, bunch of alumni stay 
in Jacksonville just because it's a beautiful town. Sure. Um, so probably hanging out at the beaches with my friends, whether it's at the sand itself or just at one of their houses. Nice. Number three, who's your favorite non-lacrosse athlete to watch right now? To watch right now? Yeah. Is it a cop-out if I say, like, Tiger Woods just because, no, like, no, the last no. couple of years of him has been just incredible, like, yeah. the comeback and just everything that he's done on. I don't know if it's a cop out, but I'm, I'll say Tiger Woods. No, it's it's never a cop out to to do one of the best <laughs> athletes in history, right? In a sport. Actually, yeah. We we need a we need a Tiger documentary. You know, after the the thirty for thirty on uh, the Last Dance, we need something in the same realms with Tiger. Just, that was incredible. That was wild. one of my favorite. That ten episode series was just amazing. Well, especially when nothing else was going on at the moment. It was like, it was basically like having live sports. Everyone needed it. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone needed it. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Number four, what's your favorite meal and do you prefer to take out or cook at home? I like to cook. Um, Homemade food is just always seems to be better. Uh, I'd say my favorite meal at home would probably have to just be like a grill, either a grilled steak or a cast iron uh, steak. Cast okay. iron are r- really good. Yeah. Um, they just smoke up the place a bunch. <laughs> um, or or kind of like a chicken palm dish is one of my favorites as well. Nice. I feel like chicken palm, what do you say, Hutton? Chicken palm is probably like, if we had to rank how many times it's been said, chicken That's palm. said a lot. Steak is actually said a lot as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, basic i guess no it's okay no, no, Ch- chicken <laughs> you're, chicken you're, you're, part you're, of the cast iron my mouth water so yeah. <laughs> hook that up thank you later <laughs> uh and last one for the off the field question uh are we speaking of kind of the last dance you said you watched that there's been a lot of watching binge watching and stuff lately with qu- quarantine and everything so um, what's a book you'd recommend potentially to, to a friend that you've read and what's a show, uh, that you maybe have watched during quarantine that you recommend? A book. Okay. One second. I have my bookshelf right here. Yeah. At the beginning of quarantine, I went through a binge of, uh, reading. So I have yeah. to, I'd say one good book is Outliers. Uh, that's kind of what got me into kind of some of this, um, I wouldn't call it outlet. It's like behavioral economics. I was an econ major, but behavioral economics is why people make the decisions they do. So I've been reading a bunch of those books. Outliers kind of got me into it. It's really good. Uh, And then TV, was it TV show or movie? TV or movie, whatever, whatever you're watching. TV show, I'd say Succession on HBO. If you haven't watched it, it's really good. Uh, It's a drama. Really good. I have to check that out. No, Outliers has been uh, on my list for a while. I just recently bought it. Somebody else was suggesting that, and um, you know, I, I, we in communications, I, I learned a lot about Malcolm Gladwell. So I'm really itching to read his book. I just haven't gotten around to it. So I'm definitely I put in the back of my mind that I gotta pick yeah. that up. And then success yeah. looks really good. What the dog saw, I think, is by Gladwell as well. It's pretty good oh, as well. Okay. So if you, I heard if you see that laying around. All right. Cool. Yeah, no, uh, that's awesome. And uh, that wraps up our five and five, but we always like to end on one final question. Um, I think this is really like pertinent to yourself too, because you just became a professional lacrosse player, but what is some advice that you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally? I'd say it's two part to believe in yourself, which sounds so cliche. I, I know, but I think confidence is very understated. And when talking about actually how you perform, I think confidence is huge. Um, players who believe themselves the most usually perform better um but with that comes you have to you have to practice and I tell all the guys that I give lessons to look this once a week isn't good like 
just t- me teaching you once a week. I wish I was, I wish I was a good enough teacher to make you better just from half hour a week, but it takes a, enough practice. And with that practice, you'll start to believe in yourself. So kind of the, those two parts. No, I think that's great advice, especially for our, our young listeners, uh, you know, that are maybe, uh, you know, becoming face-off specialists themselves, face-off athletes and, you know, looking to one day up their game to the next level. We appreciate you coming on, Hunter. Uh, remind people where they can find you on social media. Yeah, uh, I'm on Instagram, just at Hunter Forbes. Um, and then Twitter, I just redownloaded. I, I, I didn't really have it throughout college. I didn't want to get on it too much. Mm-hmm. But I'm H Forbesy with a Y24. Right. Awesome. So make sure you guys give Hunter a follow and then check him out when he's uh, on the Chrome this summer in the PLL Championship Series. We appreciate it, Hunter, for you coming on and uh, best of luck in Utah. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really had fun. Today, I also want to talk to you about Phoenix Supplements. I started using Phoenix Supplements after searching for a supplement brand that didn't use any unnecessary additives. Phoenix's line of supplements use only the required ingredients and is free of any fillers that many supplement companies use. Not only that, but their supplements are produced here in the U.S. in an FDA-regulated facility, and the best part is they taste really good. I personally like using the Orange Dreamsicle Protein Blend in the morning, and I use their Chocolate Whey following workouts. So if you're interested in trying Phoenix Supplements, visit their website fnxfit.com and use the code PROLACROSS to receive 15% off your order today.